When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. The fixtures are out, so it all feels a little bit more real when it comes to Nottingham Forest being in the Premier League. Now we know who they're facing and when, so we're going to discuss all that. Uh, some transfer news around Dean Henderson and a couple of other players uh, for the next 20 to 30 minutes. And to do it, I'm joined, first of all, by uh, Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, how are you? Morning, Mike. Good, thank you. Good, 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 good. And also joining me today is Mikey Clark. You well, Mikey? I'm great, thanks, Matt. Are you? Yes, good. We did ask Greg, but he's working. Although I think he might be recovering from getting a tattoo or something. He sounds like he's suffering after that. I wouldn't get one, so fair to play to him. Uh, Where should we start? Uh, well, I normally start podcasts by bigging up Greg and giving him praise for Forza Garibaldi, but we'll start. We'll give Temps some praise for Trent Bridge giving away all those tickets and uh, serving us a treat when it came to England cricket. Uh, you're one. Of, I don't know. Can I give you too much praise for saying it was your idea? You were involved, Temps. It, it worked out well, didn't it? Yeah, we take decisions by committee at Trent Bridge, Mike. It's a democracy, but it was a Wembley-esque atmosphere. Um, yesterday, and I've, I've had a brilliant sporting um, few weeks. We yeah, enjoyed day five, not quite as much as I enjoyed our day out of Wembley, but it was a, a brilliant day nonetheless. Good. Uh, T20 starts again soon for Knots as well, so hopefully people go down and support that. But obviously, the Premier League is on the horizon now. Forest start at Newcastle United on August the 6th, and I'm going to bring up the uh, first six games on a little graphic here, and we'll discuss that. Mikey, why don't you give us your take on these games for people listening or watching? It's Newcastle away, West Ham at home, Everton away, Spurs at home, Man City away, Bournemouth at home, and then it does get a little bit easier. But what do you think about those six, Mikey? I don't think it's a bad start, really. You know, it's the old adage, you've got to play every team twice anyway. So I think a couple of things I was looking for before the fixtures came out, obviously the games against... uh, Leicester, a few of the trips to Premier League grounds where I've not been. But then, then of course, you, th- you think of the big guns like Man City, uh, like Liverpool. Um, and I, I was debating with um, my brother the other night, when would be the best time, if there is a best time, to, to play teams like that? Uh, and I think we settled on, do you know what, let's, let's get them up first, because Forrest will still be on the high of getting promotion. Um Man City uh, will probably still be on the high of winning the league. Um, so, you know, I'd rather have teams up first where it's almost like a free hit. And, and I don't mean to be disparaging when I say that, but I don't think our season will be defined on games against Manchester City, maybe Tottenham, Liverpool. Um, so it's nice to play them at the start. The sun's going to be out. You know, it's going to be uh, full houses, home and away. So... Do you know what? It, it was as good a start as any. I think the running 
which I'm sure we'll talk about, looks very tricky. But with that said, there are points in the season, five or six games, I think you said it earlier to me, Matt, where you're thinking this could be a really good month for Forest. But, you know, best laid plans and all that. Lot. But I think in terms of the start, Matt, it, I guess it could have been worse, it could have been better, but it's really exciting, isn't it? I mean, some of these teams, we haven't played for, I mean, obviously we played Bournemouth, but, um, you know, Manchester City, Everton, uh, West Ham, Newcastle we got in the Cup a couple of years ago, but it'd be great to go there. Richest team in the world. What a, what a what an opening day that is. But no, it's just really exciting, isn't it? And I think there's, there's points in there for Forest. I, I genuinely think there's points in there for Forest. So uh, fingers crossed we'll have a, a good start to the season, a couple of fresh new faces in there and uh, let's get cracking with it. Yes, we'll come on to fresh new faces shortly. Temps, how many points for you from those first six games would you be hoping for? Well, Newcastle will be integrating a lot of new players, won't they, into that team there. So they'll be far from um, settled. West Ham improved massively last season, but the atmosphere is going to be so pro-forest, the first Premier League match of the City ground in so many years. I really fancy us there. Everton, tumultuous last season. Will they get their act together a bit more? Probably, but decent time to, to, to play them. Um, Spurs and Man City. I mean, you can't you can't sugarcoat that, can you? They're they're really tough games with um, two squads with tremendous depth, and then you know Bournemouth at home. That's a that's a red inker for me. We're we're getting three points from that game, but I, I think we'll know by the 18th of October um, how we're going to to fare this season. By that time, we'll have played um, some of the aspirant teams. Um, but more importantly, we've had this run of seven games, which I picked out, which comes just, just at the tail end of this. We go Bournemouth, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Villa, Wolves, Brighton. And they're all fixtures that we we, we must get um, something out of if we're going to um, uh, retain our place uh, in this division and then start to look a bit, a bit further at the table, perhaps. So I, I think by the 18th of October, we'll know what type of Forest team this is going to be. We'll be settled. We'll know our eleven. Uh, we'll know our relative strengths, relative weaknesses, and um, yeah, we'll have a, a good indication. But yeah, Mikey, Mikey nailed it. We've got to play everybody twice. It's 11 v 11. And last year we spanked Arsenal and Leicester. So let's get into it. Yeah, I was looking at I did a, a piece earlier. I think you're right. That first international break uh, comes uh, after the Fulham game at home on the 17th of September. That's about nine games. And there's that. Uh, there's Bournemouth, Leeds and Fulham. I think they're going to be pretty definitive. And then Mikey, they they play those same teams, the reverse fixtures, Bournemouth away, Leeds at home, Fulham away, uh, late January into February, having just played Southampton and Leicester in early January. Uh, Forest, you know, those do they feel pivotal, Mikey, to you, those games where Forest have to take points against those teams and finish top of this kind of mini league that's potentially brewing at the bottom of the table? Yeah, they do. And you've got to, got to also factor in the World Cup as well and, and the break that we're going to have there. So we're going to be, in theory, fresh at that point in time. But you can fall into the trap of, of dissecting fixtures and saying, you know what, we need to get X amount of points from this running, otherwise we've underachieved and vice versa. Um, and I guess we've fallen into the trap of that a lot in recent seasons in the Championship. Numerous times I used to look at those fixtures and go, well, there's 15 points here or 18 points here out of the next six or seven, and we ended up getting two or three. And then against the bigger teams, when you raise your game, you end up getting more. So 
I think it would be wrong for me to say that there aren't leagues within leagues in the Premier League as they are in the Championship. And yes, I still stand by the fact that our season won't be defined against teams like Arsenal, Tottenham, Man City, Man United, um, Liverpool. Um, but I don't think we should beat ourselves up too much if, for example, we only get a certain amount of points against your Southamptons and your Brightons. Um, because like I said, you've got to play everybody twice. Nothing ever goes according to plan. But with that said, I'm pretty sure that Cooper and his team, just like he did when he came in, because if you remember when he when he took over Forest, we set mini targets, getting out the bottom three, establishing ourselves, mid-table, push to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure he'll probably do a similar thing here and say, you know what, within this mini fixture, before the international break or before the World Cup, let's target X amount of points. And however they come, as long as they come, that's great. But I don't think he's 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 a manager or, or his team are a team of people who will say, do you know what, we only got X amount of points, therefore we need to change our approach for some of the tougher games, like open up against a Liverpool because we, we didn't manage to beat Southampton. That would just be reckless. So I can't see that happening. But I think to your point, Matt, um, it's very obvious the teams that are in our mini league, so to speak, and our season will be, I think, without doubt, determined uh, around the results that we get against them, home and away. Um, one more thing as well, and I still say this, the running looks really tough. So I would love it, <laughs> to, to find a phrase, uh, phrase from Kevin Gein, I would love it if we got to a stage where we had our heads above the water before those last sort of 10 or 12 games. Um, but like I said, you know, it's a long season. Every game is really, really tough. But undoubtedly, we will set little goals and little challenges to beat some of these teams that we feel we can compete against. But like Tem said as well, do you know what? Arsenal and Leicester came to our, our place and we murdered them. So there's nothing to say we can't turn over some of the bigger teams. But it's great, isn't it? Just talking like this. It's great looking at these fixtures and not looking at some of the ones where you're going, do you know what? I'm going to skip that one. Or, you know, that's a good time to have a holiday. <laughs> no, there's none of that. It's how do I get to this fixture? How can I get a ticket for this fixture? So it's 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 really positive. Yeah, there's a few people in the comments, uh, Andrew and Kevin saying, and a few others saying 12 points is the first target with reference to Derby. I mean, it's certainly nice to be looking at, you know, oh, can we get anything at the Etihad rather than, oh, we really need to be Accrington at home. So to to make up, yeah, the points deduction that Derby might get, we'll see about that. But we, yeah, we can't be too disappointed with anything we're discussing today. Um, the run-in then, let's talk about the run-in. I'm a bit more upbeat than you, Mikey, about the run-in. I'm going to have to put it on my screen here so I can read it out. Uh, the last six, if that counts as the run-in, Brighton at home, Brentford away, Southampton at home, and then it does get a bit twitchier. Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, and Palace away. I think Palace is going to be quite a decent side this season under Vieira if they make some good additions. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they'll be up in the top half. So that is tricky. What, what do you think, Tem? So De Forest absolutely have to be safe by those last three games, or, or are we way too far off to really be judging these things? Yeah, we're way too far off, aren't we? But what you want to happen is for you to be chasing that incremental prize money, which is huge every place in the Premier League by that point, rather than, um, you know, a kind of Leeds and uh, uh, Burnley situation on the last day of last season, which would just be uh, horrendous for, for Forest supporters. But I don't think we're thinking like that. And we, we ha I'm sure we'll get onto this and recruitment and everything else. But 
I don't think there's anyone at, at, at Forest who really fancies having a a season where 17th or 18th has a with a fag paper between it is is what we're kind of contemplating. I think we're looking to um, establish a, a squad and a way of playing which gets us into that kind of maybe the, the third quartile of the of, of the league. So we're not looking over our shoulder and we can be um, aspirational. So I hope the re the recruitment will. Um, enable that to, to, to come to pass. And Steve Cooper has won promotion from the championship last year um, with minimal recruitment using the tools he had to hand. So he, he found a way to play with the setting up for the counter, that, that formation, exploit the right-hand side. All those things he's done um, were to address the task in hand last year. It's very different now. And I think Forest fans have got to get used to um, abandoning some of the players who are good enough for last year's job aren't good enough for this year's job. Some of the tactics were effective in the championship, won't be effective in the Premier League. So there's going to be a massive retune. And whilst I've spent two weeks, you know, quite disappointed that those five lone players who are so impactful um, won't be around anymore, the target within Forest will be to re replace those that, that don't come with with better players that can help us to to, to compete. So. Yeah, look, there's so much that's got to happen between now and those last last six fixtures um, that none of us have any any clue uh, what kind of position we'll be in at, at that point. Um, but yeah, it is to, to your question. Like, yeah, it's far too early to understand the significance of those fixtures. But I hope um, we're requiring points to, uh, to 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 climb a few places rather than to avoid relegation. Uh, let's talk transfers. Then Temps mentions the loan players. It's certainly gone a bit quiet on the, the Jed Spence front. I think people were saying, you know, he was done to Spurs. I think that was always a bit premature. I'm not sure how far that's really got. Spurs drive the, the hardest of hard bargains to get a play. And I don't know how far Forrest have got with Spence either. But obviously, we know they've got other irons in the fire. Nico Williams has an interest there. And a young lad called Issa Kabore, who we've spoken about from Man City. Uh, Keenan Davis. I think they're still trying to work to get him back. And they that's to, seem, to me, it seems the most likely of the loan players to come back at this stage, but that might change. A couple of deals that are certainly close, or one in particular, does seem to be Dean Henderson, the Man United goalie. Uh, looks like he's uh, pretty well on course to join on loan with a view to a £20 million purchase at the end of the season. I assume if Forrest stay up, I know Forrest have spoken to United and told the players keen. Uh, after playing second fiddle, David De Gea. So, yeah, Henderson looking good on that front. An upgrade, Temps. I'll come to Mikey second for if we think he's an upgrade on Sam Give Temps, what, what do you think? Yeah, he is. I mean, um, Henderson could well have started last season in goal for Man United. And when he was in goal for Sheffield United, they finished ninth in the Premier League and he was one of the, one of the standout players. So the only disappointment for me in this goalkeeping saga, if we can call it that, is it's not a problem that we felt we had to address. I think we, we've had lots of conversations between um, ourselves and other Forest fans. You come up with a, a shopping list of, of key players and key positions, and none of us were concerned about the, the, the goalie. I think we all rated Samba. He was heroic in the last uh, few games of the season, had a really, really good year all round. Um, and also the games that he missed through his own stupidity, um, Horvath proved to be a more than adequate replacement, albeit one that didn't have the distribution skills that Samba had, but definitely the sort of keeper that you'd happily have on your bench. So it was a bit of a bombshell, um, the Samba news, but the fact that we're, can I say, likely now to replace him with um, Henderson is fantastic news. 
and it, if we if we indeed sign the lad um then it's uh, another example of thoughtful recruitment of a player who is only going to increase in in value would be sought after if he had to be you know sold in the in the, in the event of relegation but more importantly um plays to a standard that's aspirational and and, and demonstrates uh um, uh, a point of intent, Matt, that we're not just looking to replace like for like. We're looking for upgrades and every opportunity that we have to do so. Yeah, I think I think likely is just about fair for for Henderson. I don't. I mean, there's conflicting info about how far along it is. I saw the time saying there's a way to go and things like that. But there's definitely, uh, you know, progress green made and Forest are keen. So that's certainly one. Mikey, you were disappointed. Um, not in Samba, uh, not in Henderson, but you know, you thought Samba was good enough. Um, what, what's your stance now if Henderson does come in? Yeah, it's very, very difficult to to argue or, or you know put a conflicting argument to what Temps has just said there. Um, my disappointment isn't with the the caliber of the replacement because because you know like like you guys are saying he's um, you know he's playing for one of the top clubs in the world he's very highly rated it is, he's in his mid 20s he's pushing for an england squad place with the world cup coming up so there's a chance he could be number one and let's be honest he's probably going to be quite busy next season so he, he could really stand out and force his way into that england team my issue isn't isn't really with that it, it, it's more with what's happened with samba and i think temps has hit the nail on the head of all the positions that we debated at the back end of last season and we've done since, I don't think goalkeeper even came up. So for that to be a probability that that's going to be our first position that we look to to, to change is a bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I suppose it's a bit surprising for me. You don't know what's going off behind the scenes. You don't know whether... Samba wants to go home or whether there's issues with contracts or money or anything like that. But I think if Forrest have gone to the steps of contacting Manchester United, talking to his agent, by all accounts, almost agreeing something, then that suggests to me that Samba is is on his way. And that's really disappointing because not only do I think he's, he's, he's a really good keeper that could have cut it at Premier League level, I think, um, he's a bit of a court hero. And... It's not often we get them. So for one of for one of them to, you know, there's T-shirts about him now. He was brilliant in the playoff run. I love the way he plays the game. For him to be the first out the door saddened me, if it looked, to be honest, if that's going to be the case. Um, I do think where he probably exceeds Henderson, and I haven't seen Henderson that much in the last couple of years, I think his distribution is brilliant. And in the Premier League, you can't just whack it away because you never get it back. So I was looking forward to seeing Samba start the season, play from the back with the back five. His distribution would stand out and he might then sign a new deal. And, and it looks like that's just not going to happen. So, you know, I, I will flip it. You know, Henderson as a replacement, we're going to struggle to get any better than that. So that is a, that would be a, a great signing. I'm just a bit gutted that, that Samba might be on his way out. That's where I'm coming from. I suspect Samba is on his way out. Yeah, I think he might be moving on. There's strong talk of him going back to France to play with Lons, and I just think Nantes may have, may have made a bid. I saw that report. So I suspect he goes. Ethan Horvath might go as well, by the sound of it. There was an interview he did with American media saying he needs regular football with a, in a World Cup year for America. So there might well be two changes in the goalkeeping department. We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, another player to discuss, whose name I'm going to butcher, 
is Musa Niakate. Sorry if I've said that wrong. Uh, a Mainz defender, age 26, former France under 21, international, left sided centre back by the sound of it. I think might was play left back. I read that in one article. Uh, he's got one year left in his contract, Newcastle on West Ham. We're linked with him, uh, well, in the last month, certainly. And it sounds like there's something there. I spoke to someone who said Forrester in talks, and I see that's been reported on Sky. So it does sound uh, legitimate. Do you think Temps, Forrest, I mean, they, they did need an extra central defender. I know they've got three very good ones, but with Figueredo going, you can't leave yourself light in such a key area, can you? No, definitely need to sign defenders. Um, I mean, I probably know less about Diakate than Niakate than you, Matt. I've just noticed he did play for Stoke on the 23s and had a, a bit of time in the in the UK as a as a young lad. But look, when you're pulling a lad out of League One, um, it can be a sort of League Un, I should say. It can be a, a poor standard, right? Relative to the Premier League, we've seen how PSG have have, have dominated Bundesliga. Um, there. He's in the Bundesliga now, isn't he? When you play mm. when you play in France, I'll, I'll group Germany into that group as well. There are some great mm. players. In a relative, in a relatively poor league, and there are some good players in relatively weak teams. So that's a left field name for me. Um, but if, if our scouting and our data says he's the kind of profile of player we should get in, then 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 let's go for it. It's a depth signing. I don't think he's gonna gonna start games, um, but he's a player we don't know too much about. So we should uh, welcome him in and, and give him a chance. But um, yeah, depth will be important here. I think we need to get ten boys through the door. Just to have the depth to get through this this kind of this kind of season. Um, so, whilst there hasn't been much activity yet, and we all want this kind of marquee name, there there will be some some players that are just just necessary spots that we have to fill. And backup centre half is one of them. Is this one like um, Temps says, Mikey, where you we bow down to the recruitment department? I mean, there's no way the three of us can. Uh, espouse any knowledge on uh, the player here, really. We just have to trust that Forrest has seen something in his numbers and his character that makes him a good signing. You have to. The world is a hell of a big place <laughs> and there's no way as three or, or or anybody else that's kind of UK-based can know some of these players. You have to have a European and worldwide scouting network because there are some absolute gems out there. So I don't like saying this, but if you look at Brentford and their and their model, some of those players you, you bought in you wouldn't have heard of before, but look how they fit in. So you can see it is a bit, bit about stats. It's about character. It's about um, doing your background checks and Cooper and his team are all about that, making sure he's the right fit, not just with his numbers, but with his with his personality and the way he, he uh, where he is in his life, I guess. Um, and yeah, it does sound a little bit like a depth signing, I'll be honest. I don't really know much about him, but as Temps points out, I think quite rightly, if you're going to play three at the back and you need two for every position, in theory, you're probably going to need one, two, maybe even three more centre-backs if Panzo and, and Mbiso might go on loan. So it sounds sensible. You have to trust the recruitment are, are doing their job. They've not just plucked him out thin air. I think in the past, the worry is with Forest fans and certainly certainly with me, is we've gone down a route in the past where we get a load of players in, no one knows who they are, most stick around for about five minutes, and then they all go. I don't think we're in that space anymore. I don't think the the leadership and the people in charge will go down that route anymore. So you have to put your faith in the fact that they've done the due diligence of this player and anybody else that, come to get to, to, that comes through the door and we may not have heard of, um, and I'm sure they will have done. 
So temp says about 10 heads. I reckon that's about right. Eight, eight to 10, I was thinking. But as long as they are quality players, good characters that can fit into that dynamic, because what you don't want to do is break up the dynamic of that promotion winning squad. Um, and I know a few loanies left and that's fine. But essentially, you know, your Warrells, your Yates, your Cooks, all that, they're on a high promotion winning squad. You don't just want to bring in a load of players to break that up. So they have to be the right fit. But um, yeah, I, I trust them a million percent. So uh, fingers crossed that, like I said, due diligence has been done. Uh, and if we get him, good stuff. I'm happy. Yeah, as, as Will says in the comments, he's the captain of Mainz in Germany. So obviously got some leadership abilities there, you'd hope. Uh, last player I wanted to talk about, probably the last player, is uh, James Garner. If Henderson comes on loan... You can only have one player on loan from each club, although there is some weird loophole and sub-clause in the Premier League rules around options to buy, and I don't really know the full intricacies of the terminology, but I think there's certainly a good chance it would mean that Forrest would be moving on from James Garner if they're going to take Henderson on loan because of that Premier League rule, the rule around loan players. How would you feel about that, Temps, if Garner doesn't come back? Yeah, so my understanding of the rule is if, if there's an obligation to buy, then you could loan him, but that that's more... a uh... A financial instrument to delay the need to um, spend at the outset of a transfer. So, um, whilst technically it would be a loan, that that scenario would allow Garner to join as well. Now, look, can he do it in the Prem? That's the question that Man United are asking. Let alone Forest. I think in the Championship, um, he became a very good all-round player, and his set-piece delivery and his striking of a football was as, as good as anyone I saw at that level. In the Premier League, everybody's got that player, haven't they? That can uh, whip a corner, that can you know trouble a trouble a keeper from from twenty five yards. So relatively, he wouldn't be as good in the Premier League as he's in the Championship. But I think everything depends there on Man United's recruitment, who they can get through the door, um, who goes out the door. I mean, Pogba most most notably has left already, so there's a there's a spot there, and we know that. Um, the new coach is trying to sign a couple of, of Dutch midfielders, but Jimmy Garner will expect to play Premier League football next year. And I still think there's a chance if he doesn't come to Forest on loan, um, he could go elsewhere in the Premier League on loan and, and, and do a do a decent job. Um, would it be catastrophic if we didn't sign him? Probably not, because you know the Boffins at Forest will be working out how to prioritise those Premier League loans that are going to be so precious um, in a side that can only accommodate two of them and one from any particular club. So, yeah, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't around. Um, I'll be proud of the lad in a, in a weird sort of way if he was to establish himself at, at Man United. But for me, he's not going to get past even a McTominay or a Fred to, to start in that midfield. So I think they will ultimately look to loan him. Um, I'd love for us to be his destination. And if we can do the business in the right way with Henderson, um, then, yeah, absolutely get him in. Good player, very good championship player. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to win you too many games in the, in, in the Premier League. But look, I really like the lad. And I think in two, three years, he'll be a 38-game-a-season man at the uh, at Premier League level. Yeah, which kind of led me on what I was going to say. I mean... I think I saw John Percy said Forrest are exploring a permanent deal. And I suppose the potential there is you say, we'll buy him and we'll give you a buyback 
clause. And if he turns out to be the player, we can, you know, we hope he is. And in two years' time, we'll put a £50 million fee on it or something. Uh, Man City did that with Douglas Louise when they sold him to Villa. I think it's not completely uncommon. So we'll see on that one, certainly. Um, probably the last topic uh, that we'll do. Uh, oh, Shames, I can't Morgan Gibbs White. I mean, Forrest want Morgan Gibbs White, but Wolves want to keep him. And I think that one might rumble on. They've offered him a new contract. So if he signs a new contract, he's not coming. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, Mikey, you wanted to talk about a point. Was it Lee had made? He was asking around about Brennan's contract and Steve Cooper's contract. I know you've said to us on the WhatsApp chat that, you know, this is above signings, priority number one for you. It is, yeah. And I'm glad somebody's just just put it in the chat, um, Lee. So I think for me, there's two things. So it's it's what your recruitment strategy is in and out. And those things have a multitude of factors and people to deal with, not all under your control. And then the other thing is the things that are definitely under your control. And one of them is new contracts. You can talk about stands, you can talk about ticket prices, all that sort of stuff. But new contracts is something that I would have thought, if I'm honest, uh, by now we we would have heard something <clears throat> around Coopers and Johnsons, and, and obviously Samba is going the other way. Uh, it looks like, but um, I just really think it, it, it would just be such a great statement of intent to come out, hopefully in the near future, and say Steve Cooper's the man. We've all said it. Here's his new contract. He's going to be here for the long term, regardless. Our best player, I think, Brennan Johnson. He's also staying. Here's his new contract. Now we're going to get the recruitment going. So I guess the only one thing I'm slightly disappointed at, obviously Samba, which I've talked about, is that we haven't done that yet. And I know I'm impatient and I know I know a lot of fans are and there'll be a lot going. It's been two weeks. Just chill out, just calm down and that's fine. Um, but that, this, these things are definitely under our control. So if I had one wish for the next week, regardless of players coming in and out, it's for them two guys to be, to be signed up to long-term deals. Right, I think uh, we'll probably leave it there. I'm going through a lot of names here. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I don't know anything about Ainsley Maitland-Niles coming, actually. I've not heard anything about it. I mean, it seems legit, the sources it's come from. And he's a versatile player. You can play uh, across midfield and at fullback. So he's probably the kind of player you need. Nick asks about Larin, who I think is the Canadian striker, Brzezictas. Uh, told there's nothing in that at all. Um, who else? Oh, it was your nephew asking about Maitland Niles, Mikey Jake. So, so I don't know. You've asked me about the one a player I don't know anything about. Um, Curtis Jones and the one people asked about. I've been told there's nothing in that as it stands. So I don't. I mean, good player, but I don't think don't think he's on the radar at the moment. Right. I think we'll leave it there. Unless anyone's got anything to add. Are you all done, chaps? No, I was just going to say, Matt. I hope I hope we do pull in some players with top flight experience because. Yeah, the context, the scouting, everything else. What, what, what would really um, uh, solidify the squad for me and a piece of supporters is a couple of proven names. And Henderson is right in that bracket, isn't he? Is proven at that level. So whilst you can only spend your your money once, um, and there is value on the continent, maybe a bit of value in some of those relegated sides. I don't think it was a particular bumper crop of quality players getting relegated. Um, I, I just hope there is. Uh, a fair few Premier League appearances amongst some of the boys that were able to pull in. Yeah. I mean, Maitland-Niles, I don't know if he's coming or not, but he did really well on loan at West Brom in a, in a losing effort as they went down, but he did do well and 
ended up at Roma, which is you know tricky move going to Italy. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So he's obviously a talented player. Mikey, anything you want to add before we depart? Just one thing, and it's probably a, it's probably a pep talk for myself more than anything. It's I just think we have to enjoy this as fans for the next couple of weeks. You know, if you would have said to any of us three or four weeks ago, we'd be in the situation where we're debating whether Dean Anderson is a good fit for Forrest. That's that's nuts. So you're going to get a lot of names. 99% of them are going to be rubbish, if I'm honest. Some will land, some won't land. But we're in such a positive, great position. It's just it's just a wonderful change to be in this where we are now shopping in a different supermarket. You know, we're not in the, the basement bargain bins anymore. You know, we are aspiring to not only keep our heads above water, but maybe do something in the next couple of years. So I am talking to myself, aren't I? We just need to calm down and just whatever will be, will be, as they say. But the players that come in and go, I'm sure, will be the right fit because we've got the right people in charge now. So let's get Cooper a new contract and then I'll stop moaning and then we can really, really look forward to the start of the season. Absolutely. Well, the owner said he wants him to stay, so that means a new contract, doesn't it? So we'll we'll see how that develops, but it should all be in hand. Right, uh, I'm going to end it there. The sun's shining in my eyes really badly and has been for half an hour. I should have just moved at some point, but that was stupid on my part. Right, uh, we'll be back on Monday as an interview recorded with uh, one guest, and I'm going to do another couple of the next few days, so we're sorry for the next few weeks of podcasts. And we will return when Forrest do sign anyone or uh, every now and then along the way, because there's so many transfer rumours. Temps, thank you very much. Mikey, thank you very much. And thanks to everyone who watched along. Uh, we'll be back on Monday.